Welcome to Sacred Guidance with Stella Muse. Merging sacred sexuality, spirituality, and soul with truth, love, wisdom, and beauty. I'm your host, Elise Carr. Are you ready to come journey with me? Hi, stunning souls, and welcome to Sacred Guidance with Stella Muse. I'm your host, Elise Carr, and today, with all the craziness that's going on around the world as I record this episode, I'd like to think you are safe and that you're doing your best to be the calm in the chaos and the storm. And what better way to be calm than to perhaps bring ourselves back to what's real, what's true, what's really beautiful and innate and lasting and wise. So I want to talk to you today about modern love with yourself, with your current or future lover or beloved or partner and soul. Now, as always, when I share these podcasts, as much as I put into them, and I really do pour a lot of time and effort and love and research and wisdom into these It's not going to be specifically personalized to you, but I can do that for you if you'd like to reach out to me and explore psychological and spiritual sacred guidance sessions one-on-one in the comfort of your own home or space, wherever you are in the world. So if you are at a challenging point, going through a trauma, crisis, whatever's going on for you, if you are needing that kind of guidance, I am here for you. And to be honest, the more conversations I have with people, the more they actually realize the value in being seen and held in a space, professionally I'm talking about, heard and understood and connected with, and then to have someone give them the guidance to help them navigate the darkness or the crossroads or the challenge and give them the tools that they can support themselves with really for the rest of their life, no matter what goes on. And that's part of what I bring to sacred guidance sessions when we blend that psychological Western science component with the Eastern mysticism and wisdom and yogic, Buddhist, tantric and esoteric practices. So that said, if this does speak to you, welcome to reach out to me at elise at stellamuse.com because at this moment with the world and the condition it's in with people really governed at the moment by fear controlled and influenced by their lower nature and their worries and concerns and acting from a selfish place instead of a selfless place, we need each other more than ever. So don't feel alone if you are at the moment isolated and not able to live the life of freedom and joy and love and creativity and all those amazing components that you'd like. So that said, my dear friends, I really do want to know, do you feel loved? How about deeply held, or seen, or heard, cherished even? What about filled and fulfilled by love? With yourself? In a relationship with a beloved? By friendships? Family? A mentor, teacher, or guide? How about with your own soul? With spirit? God, source, divinity, however you refer to it as. I want to say the word most, but really deep down I want to say all the people that I work with are longing. They are hungry and wanting to fill a void. They feel, sense and know something integral to be missing. Now for some it's a longing for union with themselves, who they really are who they want to be, how they want to show up in the world. For some, it's a union with a romantic partner, a husband or wife, a boyfriend, girlfriend, a lover, a beloved. And for some, it's union with something greater, something they can't explain easily in words. It's a longing to feel, connect and even merge with all of love, with life itself, with consciousness. That longing for complete beauty in the perfect harmony of oneness, called by different schools of thought and philosophies as reaching nirvana, enlightenment, awakening, etc. 
I'm sure you can see yourself somewhere here, where if you look deeper, tune in and ask, you too are wanting this on one of these levels, in one of these areas. Perhaps you don't even need to pause and ask, and you already know the longing, the hunger or void for love is there. We can look in all the wrong places for this, for the record too. You might be aware of that one. Maybe you've experienced it. Maybe you are experiencing it now. Physically, some of these places might be sexually, in the choices we make, food, what we eat, how much we eat, gambling, shopping, drugs, alcohol, even smoking. Any habits or addictions which don't serve Emotionally, we can dwell in our pain or trauma. We can even suppress it, not processing it, not working through, but holding on to the story, sometimes for years, decades even. Mentally, we can use the mind to shut it out, ignore it, convince ourselves we're fine and life goes on. You can live like this. Many people do. Partly seeking outside themselves, partly suppressing or repressing, partly ignoring, partly band-aiding or numbing out or avoiding, however it looks. Some end up even with broken hearts that more doctors now are even acknowledging can indeed kill. Love is not something we're lucky to experience or could do with now and again. Love, as I've mentioned before in other episodes, is like oxygen. Some of us may need it more than others, but we all need it to live and thrive, to grow and evolve, to make our way closer to the divinity of life, consciousness and all that we're here to experience. So today, I want to help you cultivate, experience, explore and deepen your love with self your love with a current or future lover or a beloved and love with all that is from soul to spirit. Now, the modern word love is not what we innately know love to be. We don't have the language or the knowledge often to explain the subtle connections we have and share between us. The history of love from the Greeks, however, does paint a little bit of a a deeper, more expressive and better probably explained picture of how love can be expressed and communicated, shared and explored. So let's have a little bit of Greek history for a moment. Let's start with eros. And this is where erotic came from, the word that we use in the English language, Now, as people associate it now with passion and sex, they've kind of missed what eros really is because it doesn't mean that. It's not about erotic love. It's actually the love that makes you at one with something. At one-ment, we call it. Now, this is to absorb or merge with something. The lower expression of eros is in a consuming way, kind of like infatuation, where you become something else and you lose yourself and your own connection. But the higher way is a harmonious at-one-ment where two wholes can also create a unity in and of themselves. Now we strive for this within ourselves, and often this kind of connection, this at-one-ment is between our lower nature and our higher nature. You might have heard me refer to this as your personality, that's your physical, emotional, mental body, and your soul, your higher self, that luminous, perfect, divine part of you. So we can merge in that way, but we can also merge our entire self with another entire self, like the beloved, and experience eros in that way. And then we have philia. This is reciprocal love or friendship love. Philosophia or philosophy comes from this, and that's the friendship love of wisdom. 
love that allows you to take from and contribute to or give back. So like in conversation or in dialogue or even debate, we're contributing to each other's understanding of the world. And you can find this within your family connections and your friendships. And then the Greek wisdom brings us agape. Not just giving without receiving, but actual unconditional love. It's the type of love that's often described between a mother and their child. Now the true Christ spoke of this as a love of the cosmos. And I share this, as you probably heard me say before as well, not because I come from any religious ideology or background or faith specifically, but just from the pure original teachings. Christ spoke of this as the love of the cosmos, of all that is. It is the love that is given that transforms you into something else. It transforms you into something more. And we connect this divine love. And then as a result, we love others in this way. And we then love all and then we are all. What an amazing flow and effect, right? This is divine love. It's what we may have with something greater than us, however we define that. And then, sometimes a little bit forgotten about, sometimes blended with philia, is storie. That's the affection or love we have between parents and children, or for family. Now, plenty of this has been lost in the modern world. The continuum where everything is lifted or raised up and made more, which is supposed to mean we are aspiring to being angelic, that we are agents of divinity. That's the true meaning. We're supposed to get to that oneness, that complete connection to consciousness, that love. That doesn't even come into conversation or schools of thought very often in the modern world. Why? Because this meaning is being completely lost. People are like, oh, I love that cake. Oh, I love that bag. Oh my God, I, I just, I love this. I love this. Is it love? Is it infatuation? Is it a desire? Is it just a want, a lust, a hunger for? Maybe it's all of those. But I do question, is it love? It's a funny thing, isn't it? We throw words around so easily these days that we've lost meaning. And when we lose meaning, we lose connection. When we lose connection, we feel separated from our truth, our wisdom, our innate beauty, and thus, love. An interesting word that kind of connects all this is metanoia. It's a spiritual change of heart where you now have an expansive connection to all things. This is like deep connectedness, agapically speaking, like a sense of opening up or merging with a higher principle, the divine, the cosmos. What an amazing concept. Can you imagine living from that place? Can you imagine humanity collectively living from that place? So with a little bit of that Greek history in mind as our beautiful foundation, I want to move us gently now into modern love from the perspective of self-love. And I want to start off with exploring boundaries and discernment. I've actually done episodes on this before, so you can look them up for yourself. But I share this because some of us don't have very strong boundaries and discernment. Our boundaries of what's okay for us. And we connect this very closely with honouring our yes and our no. That this is okay, but that's not okay. That I'm actually going to draw a line in the sand here in this relationship. Maybe let's say, as an example, someone's let you down several times, but you keep letting them come back for more somehow. What if this time you actually said no? What if this time you put a boundary in place? I want you to look at your life and assess where perhaps your boundaries are weak or non-existent, or maybe you're at the other end of the spectrum and your boundaries are really super strong. Perhaps if you lighten up, Barb, just a little bit, you might be able to soften and find some more ease and flow on what's really right for you. Now, when it comes to discernment, discerning something, it's about making sure you're pausing and thinking and making the right choices. Sometimes we rush into things. Sometimes we want to do it because everyone else is doing it. 
Sometimes we actually just don't think. We only act on how we feel. But that means we're ignoring the mind. We want the heart and mind to work together. That's when they're complete and whole. One without the other isn't right. It's missing something. We need heart-mind wisdom functioning together. We need your discernment on at all times, especially when it comes to self-love. So I want you to think about maybe this connecting especially to your time that you have for you. Do you even have any time for you? Do you keep putting everything else before yourself? Now, there's a time and place for this, of course. In certain circumstances, you might have to just put a little bit of you time aside to help out or pitch in or work harder or whatever it is. Certain times in our life call for this. But on a daily basis, the ideal is to find some time for you, some sacred alone time we can call it, a time to create a ritual. Now, no matter how busy or full scheduled you may be, you can find time. Now, this time might be in the shower, taking a breath in a moment. It might be actually enjoying or savouring that morning cup of tea and not racing it down and getting out the door. It might be just looking out the window after you've made your bed and pausing at the beauty of the weather outside, whether it's raining or sunny or whatever it is in between. Are you creating sacred alone time moments or minutes or hours or windows? Do you have some go-to rituals for you? Now, I'm not just talking about how important bowel baths are for self-love. We're talking a little bit beyond that. Don't get me wrong, right? A bowel bath can be amazing and go for it. But I want you to go beyond that. I want you to extend beyond commercial self-love. So that yes and no that I mentioned before, how are you with that? Not just, yes, I'm going to create a little bit of alone time for me tonight, but also your yes and no with your time in general. If you keep saying yes to people when you ultimately want to say no to people, how does that make you feel? How does your body respond or react to that within you? What are the thoughts that go through your mind when it's almost like your boundaries are so weak, you're not using discernment, it's almost like you're portraying yourself at times. I want you to be a little bit firmer with this. Even if it means you have to have an internal dialogue with yourself to explain what's going on, to catch yourself before you say yes again at the detriment of your own well-being. Maybe you do need to stay in. Maybe you do need to say no. Maybe you need to strengthen those boundaries. Maybe discernment is something you haven't even contemplated before, but really it's lacking. Because here's the thing. Thoughts govern your energy patterns. And where you're putting that attention, energy flows. So be aware of where you put your energy and your attention, where you put your focus, what's being neglected when it comes to you and your self-love, or shall we call it self-care even. I want to ask you, do you have sacred time that is just for you? Do you? And if you do, how does it look? Or how would you like it to look if you carved out this time for yourself? What would you like to add to this? For your sacred connection and love with yourself. There's a beautiful quote by Rumi that says, Do not feel lonely. The entire universe is inside of you. I share this because sometimes we might feel quite alone. Alone on this journey, alone in the world, alone in our home, alone in our hearts, alone in our bodies, alone in life, alone in the moment. And sometimes we may not feel that, therefore, we're worthy. But I want you to know that inherent self-worth is key. It is absolute key to self-love. It's so important that you're okay with yourself and who you are while you're wanting to improve things. That means right now, where you are, body, emotions, mind, connection to all that is, all that you are, you've got to be okay with that in this moment. But it's totally cool. And I do suggest while being in that space of okay in the nowness that you want things to improve. 
Absolutely. We're here to grow and evolve. But having love and acceptance and accepting especially that part of you that is already divine, your soul, that can be a game changer. Because there is a part of you that is already perfect, that is divine, that highest, most brilliant, luminous part of you, the love that is you, that's already perfect. It's the rest that we're all navigating, working through and refining. So this is the seed of self-worth, a seed learning to become something transcendent that desires love, contact, connection, experience, knowledge, to expand or perfect itself, a seed that is a spark of divinity, wanting to be loved and understood. And I'm sure you relate to that. Now, if you have a journal or you've got a notepad around or maybe your phone or whatever it is, you might want to write down a little question. Just something you can come back to and ponder or maybe just pause now and sit with it in your own mind's eye. If you wrote down, I am inherently divine, what else comes to you here? With those four words, I am inherently divine. What else comes to you in this moment? You may also want to take note and check in with how you are with your boundaries and discernment, keeping in mind that your thoughts govern energy patterns. Check in about honouring your yes and your no, your rituals and sacred alone time, and how you are with self-worth. And now I want to ease us into modern love for lovers, romantic or relationship love, because here's one of my key, key little gems that I want you to remember above all else in this little bit. Unions are for growth, development and healing. If you are in a current relationship, I want you to check in with that. Do you both feel that you are growing, developing and healing as individuals as a result of your union? This is key. And the dance that goes along with this, and I call it the dance of giving, and it can greatly help our development and our experience and, and learning from relationships. So this is between the masculine who bestows and then the receiving feminine who consumes. And then the other part of this giving and receiving, this masculine feminine of the dance, is sharing the ways in which we express love. Expressing yourself through love is what brings connection, unity and oneness. So we have a giving and a receiving and a sharing. Kind of like the beloved and you and the relationship. Now part of this dance of masculine feminine can also tie very nicely with being and doing. I've talked about being and doing before in other episodes. Being is a state. It's feminine. Doing is an action. It's often very active. It often doesn't like to stop and it's masculine. These two modes of operandi need to be balanced and harmonised for the union to be in harmony, in a calm place. How often are you doing in your relationship? Going places, even Netflix is a doing thing. And how often are you being just together in silent moments or walking hand in hand across the sand with the beach right there, the ocean lapping, sitting in a park? on a blanket, looking at the beautiful surrounding of Mother Nature or being in each other's arms. 
How do you balance your being and doing modes? Are you really great at being but you don't do things together that bring joy and connection and expression? A great way to explore your being and doing modes is to get really clear on what your values are. And you can do this by writing down what you value and getting your beloved to write down what they value and seeing what overlaps. You might have a list of 20 things each or 10 things each and in there there might be a handful of similarities. That's the greatest place to connect from, from those similarities. And if there aren't many similarities by word for word exact, see if somehow you've described things differently. Like maybe someone said cuddles and affection, someone else said intimacy. There's still a thread there. We just express it differently. Getting clear on your values will help you balance out your being and doing. And what also weaves in beautifully here is understanding the importance of quality time, intimacy and space. Do you have quality time? And this will look different for every couple. For some of them, it's daily. It could even be morning, noon and night. For others, it's every evening or it's on the weekends or maybe it's once a month. Although, of course, little windows of quality time more consistently strengthen up the bond. The consistency, therefore, adds to the resilience of the couple as well especially at times of challenge, because you feel closer, you feel more connected, not like you're on opposing camps, separated or one against the other. So look at your quality time. Or if you have time, let's say when you both get home from work, how do you spend the time that you have? Do you make it quality or is it default? Shower, eat, Netflix and bed. How do we break that pattern? Everyone has the same amount of time It's how we choose to use it. Knowing, of course, that at different stages and phases of life, we have different pressures and demands upon us. But look at how you spend the time you have and how you can turn what you already have right now, those windows of time, into quality windows of time. And especially then, how perhaps those quality time moments can be turned into sharing, creating and being intimate Intimacy, we often can say as in to me, I see. When you have a connection with someone, when you can look into the eyes of someone and you can see yourself in them, meaning not just your reflection when the sun hits their eyes, but that you see that they too are a soul and they too have their own thoughts and wants and desires. They have their own emotions. They too have a body that longs for things that you long for. Intimacy doesn't just have to be in the actual act of making love or sex, however you want to term it. Intimacy can be a strong, strong presence, a connection, a being together, almost like you feel as though you are merging. And that can be with a glance of eyes connecting. Yes, it can be wrapping yourselves up physically in each other, snuggling in bed. Find intimacy in your relationship through quality time. And the other component of this is space. It might seem like an interesting trilogy, but space often creates an awareness for us, an awareness that Something that was here isn't here at the moment. Sometimes it can deepen our appreciation for the other, for the beloved. Some time to ourselves can help us feel like we're fulfilling our role, our purpose in the world. And after doing that, having a sense of completion or whatever it is, we can then come back like a dance of coming and going. We can come back then to the beloved wanting to share, wanting to connect, wanting to be intimate, wanting to have quality time to balance out our own being and doing in our daily life. Explore space. I have some couples that sleep in different beds but are still into with each other. They just choose to have that, 
to sleep. That's their expression of space. I have some couples who one of them will spend a night with a friend or a family member once a week. They enjoy that time with their friend or their family members, but it also gives them space from their beloved at home. And when they come back, there's a uniting. Think of it also like the ocean. It pulls back and then it comes to shore. Think of it like your breath. We inhale and we exhale. This is a dance, a coming and going, an eternal flow ever moving. We aren't stagnant. We aren't stationary. So your relationship can't be. Explore this for yourself. Your quality time, your intimacy and your space. It's also key for both beloveds to feel love, to be seen, truly seen for all of who they are, not just a body or talents or what someone does for someone else, to be heard and held and cherished. That's why I asked those questions at the very beginning of this episode. Because you want to be loved and you want to feel it, not just intellectually know, oh, yeah, yeah, they love me. No, but feel that love. You want to be seen. You want to be seen for all of you, not just your body, whatever you're good at or whatever you do for someone. And you want to be heard. When you speak, you want it to be listened to as if someone actually cares and is taking notice, witnessing you in this moment taking it in, being present. You want to be held. You want to be held in arms, but you also want to be held in a safe, secure space, that environment where perhaps you live together or you create a space that's yours, that's shared, even if it's in the moment, in the bedroom for a night. And you want to be cherished. Explore what this looks like for you. Explore if you are feeling love Explore if you're also making your beloved feel love. And if this is you right now and you're not in a relationship at the moment, you can check in and think of relationships that have been, how you could have done things differently, what you learned from them. And you can also use this as a time to get clear on what you'd like in a future relationship if right now you aren't in a union. Start to learn yourself Start to get really clear and honest with what you need and want and what you also want to share and express and give. Everything that I share today when it comes to being in a relationship can completely apply to learning from the past and getting clear on the future if you aren't currently in a relationship right now. And then we have communication, honesty, and seeking professional guidance and help. Communication is probably my favourite C word besides cacao, and thus, of course, organic, raw, vegan chocolate, but I digress. Communication is like a bedrock upon which any relationship will blossom and grow and thrive. You need to have kind, honest, loving, non-judgmental communication Sometimes it needs to be open-minded and open-hearted. Sometimes you need to be the one who does the listening. Sometimes you need to be the one that does the speaking. And once again, this is a dance. It's a giving and receiving, a putting out and a coming back. So check in with yourself. How is your communication in general? How is your communication in past relationships? How did that serve you? And what about where you are right now? in your intimate union, if you are in a relationship, how is the communication? Is there room for growth? Do you ever get cruel or nasty with each other? What does it feel like when you're kind or someone says something really loving? Are you honest in your communication? And if you're yet to be in a relationship, what kind of communication is important or really key for you? in an intimate union. And then there's seeking professional guidance and help. I work with many couples at different stages of their relationship all around the world. 
people who have only just been together for a short time, those who are about to get married, those who are actually working through divorce, others who have different children, mixed and blended families, working that out together as a new union and couple, entirely merged and blended. We look different, but we're so similar it's not funny. And because of that, we go through the same kind of challenges. We hurt and we can hurt others. We can get lost and stuck. We can get confused, disillusioned. We can unlearn things to learn new things with guidance though. We can also learn to love. We can learn to communicate. We can learn to see one another deeply, intimately, romantically, but also from a connection point of soul. Keep in mind if you are in a challenging phase of your relationship right now, you don't have to navigate it alone. I do encourage you to seek out professional guidance if you need it. And I am here to guide you there if it speaks to you. Just reach out to me at elise at stellamuse.com if that's the case. And another key that I want to share with you is forgiveness. It's quite an amazing word really. For giving means that we give beforehand. That's right. Because there's this human striving for divinity and perfection. We want so much to be so more that sometimes we have to almost pardon or excuse or forgive ourselves for getting ahead of ourselves. And we can find this compassion, this loving kindness for ourselves individuals, but also for our loved one, for our lover, for our beloved. Now, of course, we blend this with discernment and boundaries. You don't just continue forgiving and forgiving and forgiving if someone is not treating you right with respect, harmlessness, kindness, all those key essentials to any honest relationship. But a general forgiving is essential to a letting go of what was and a stepping into what can be. Check in with yourself. How are you with forgiveness? If someone forgets something, what do you do? If someone doesn't perform how you want in some area, if your lover doesn't put out the bin or make the bed or doesn't call you for your birthday in the morning first thing, how do you forgive? Can you forgive? Do you hold grudges? <laughs> do you keep it at the back of your mind or when you have that next argument, you bring it up and you put it right there on the table and you make them feel bad? What's your pattern with forgiveness? Because also when we forgive, we let go of carrying that burden ourselves as well. And there's a beauty in that. Otherwise, life can get very, very heavy very, very quickly. Another fear that I often work with couples on is a fear of losing themselves in a relationship. Have you ever had that fear? A fear of losing who you are as an individual, a sovereign being in your own right, I look at this as creating harmony in the sacred love triangle. A triangle of you, me and we. We being the relationship. We don't have to focus on losing yourself when you are a key component to what is the relationship. So keep that triangle in mind, that sacred love triangle as an image. Because you as an individual need to be nourished your beloved as an individual needs to be nourished and the relationship as that top beautiful component of the triangle needs too to be nourished. And this means time and effort and attention and love and focus, all those kind of things. You need someone who can support you and believe in you and help you and guide you and love you. All those components need to be met. And it's your role to be that for your beloved and then it's both your roles to put that time and effort and energy and love and attention into the relationship. So if you have a fear of losing yourself, keep that in mind. You don't lose yourself in a relationship. A relationship isn't here to complete you or make you whole 
or be your twin flame or soulmate. All of that's just new age jargon, to be honest. Commercialism that sells really, really, really well. No, you are wholly complete on your own. And may I say also this concept of soulmates and twin flames originates from an ancient story of two parts being severed and those two parts then spending the rest of their life seeking the other to become whole again. What we're not told though really in truth is the symbolism behind the story. It wasn't a man and a woman who were once one body severed in two. It was your lower nature, your physical, emotional and mental self, what we call the personality in esoteric psychology, and your higher self, your divinity, your perfection, your soul, the two parts that, yes, make you whole. That's what's been severed. It's that connection that we're hungry for. But also, we don't just want that for ourselves. We want to experience that connection, that unity, that at one with another. So if you call that your soulmate, that's your choice. But it's far beyond that. I want you to keep in mind, you should become more through your relationship. More through this union when you do meet and merge as two wholes connected with their higher and lower self coming to form a third connection. A connection where you end up in a higher place and contribute and amplify and complement each other. Not complete, complement. So I ask you, what is love for? What is love for? When I've spoken of love at retreats or workshops or sometimes when I ask couples or even men or women who come to me, I often get the word connection. And yeah, it is connection to a degree, but overall it's to create unity. Two people creating a balance of yin and yang, feminine and masculine, a united whole. Higher forms of love where you merge more and more to a point of transcendence. The sharing, the communication, this is all key But interestingly enough, even sex was originally known as knowing one another. Knowing one another. Becoming at one with a partner. Isn't that far more profound and beautiful than just sex? And this is something which you can't just do by consuming the body in ecstasy or lust or a passionate moment. Sacred intimacy is body, physically, heart, emotionally, mind, mentally, and beyond. We say soul and cosmically. Because here's the thing, you're not just a body. Your body, you know, is kind of like a beautiful space you get to inhabit, like a hotel room for the time that you stay here. And the other thing is, okay, the body gives you a climax, an orgasm, an experience, but that's over, that ends. However, beyond that, you can consciously connect and know each other more and more over time, which can be more fulfilling than any physical experience. A sense of connectedness to the real, the true, the beautiful, a connection of essence and consciousness. If you can merge with your beloved, a body, heart, mind climax, It's like a transcendent awakening and it's theoretically possible entirely. So that said, a shift in perception of a soulmate, but instead an entire transcendent awakening shared with a fellow complete beloved. What are you getting from your current relationship? What did you get from a previous relationship? Or what do you want from a current or future relationship? 
a little key I like to share with the couples I work with is that a good relationship means we work on what's called the lower issues, the problems, the challenges, the dark nights, whatever comes up. And then we look at the higher components, spending time in each other's consciousness. It's a beautiful balance of being and doing right there, hidden behind those words, if you can pick it. Ultimately, we're striving to feel divine together. You're striving to feel divine together with you and your beloved in your sacred union, whether that is now or for the union to come. And I want to move us now to the final of the three types of modern love, and that is spiritual, divine, or soul love. I touched on it a little bit when I hinted at the truth behind this misconception of soulmates. But this spiritual, divine, or soul love is a connection of you to the larger cosmos. Because there are higher kingdoms of nature that you can learn to connect with. The universe, the cosmos, is a living thing. Consciousness on an unimaginable scale. We can understand there is a spiritual trend for those of us waking up to it. Some of us are learning from trial and error, and others are seeking higher things. Where are you? Are you learning from trial and error? Or are you seeking higher things? Or are you a blend of both? You will feel the most transcendent bliss or true joy, what is called ananda, that which feels transcendently amazing, only when your individual ego or what we call the personality, merges with all consciousness. This means you transcend your tiny self. Your body, its wants and needs, habits and addictions, cravings and desires, your feelings, moods, emotions that swing back and forth and change all the time, your erratic thoughts, that go off on tangents and seem to get lost going on and on and on, especially when you're trying to sleep at night, distracting you from being present. Those components of you need to be transcended. They are your tiny self, your lower nature, your personality, your ego. It is when you transcend this tiny self, you will know all peace, all power, or love, like Buddha or Christ. They had a human experience too and learned to do that. They paved the way and showed us it's totally possible. Love is what evolves the universe. If you can connect to it, you will have meaning and feel connection in your life. And all of this is a process of awakening and becoming connected to the larger whole, even when we are learning and gaining knowledge and describing the details of life. It's all connected. Your relationship to love with self, lover, soul, cosmos. Eventually we reach a point where all is love. And I would love nothing more than for all of us to get there together, to live life like that, to share and experience and evolve together to this point of consciousness. It's quite a journey. But if you're joining me, then you know the effort we put in, the time we put in is so worth it for what we get out. That real connection to something that is true and beautiful and good. I sincerely trust today has given you some food for thought, made you perhaps question or explore, or perhaps you will now 
go and speak to your beloved or have a different idea of how you want to approach life with a new beloved. Maybe how you need to carve out some time for you to connect with yourself and feel that love or connect to soul. Perhaps it's taking up a meditation practice or getting in touch with something that is greater than you and finding your way there through anything that resonates or calls to you. Something that really, really speaks to your higher self. If you are seeking guidance for yourself in your current relationship or whatever challenges are coming up for you psychologically, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, even sexually, yes, I'm here to guide you through sacred guidance sessions, blending and merging the beauty of Western psychology and Eastern mysticism from the tantric to the esoteric, the yogic and the Buddhist. There is so much wisdom that I'm here to share with you and guide you with in a loving, beautiful and approachable capacity. So simply reach out to me at elise at stellamuse.com so we can connect wherever you are in the world and explore how I can serve you in one-on-one personalized sessions. If today spoke to you, please don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already rate and review and feel free to share this with a fellow loved one maybe it is your lover maybe it's your best friend maybe it's your mum or your sister your brother or your best mate so we can all learn more about modern love in this crazy world at crazy times that we live in so we together can strive to be the calm in the chaos and the storm you've got this i believe in you and i'm right here walking the path with you Until next time, please take wonderful care of you and I look forward to reconnecting real soon right here on Sacred Guidance with Stella Muse.